Strokeside Designs is a New York-based fine jewelry company focused on water sports. This is the best jewelry I have found through many years of searching. I love my Dragon Boat Paddle Heart earrings and my pendant. The jewelers at Strokeside Designs have worked for famous jewelry houses such as Tiffany & Company and Cartier. All of the pieces are hand-finished from fine materials. Express your passion for kayaking, canoeing, and dragon boating. Visit PaddleJewelry.com and get free shipping with the code PINK. That is PaddleJewelry.com and enter the code PINK. Are you a dragon boat athlete? Have you ever thought about joining a team? Hornet Water Sports makes high-performance, lightweight, carbon fiber dragon boat paddles. You can choose from one of their many graphic designs. Don't settle for just a boring black paddle. I love their design so much that I have four different paddles. They also have all of the dragon boat accessories that you need, paddle bags, tip covers, tape, and more. Visit their website at hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK at checkout to receive 10% off of your order. That's hornetwatersports.com and enter the code PINK. Stephanie Tucker, Executive Director at It's the Journey, joined us on the podcast. She shared the history of the organization, which was founded in 2002 by Randy Passoff after the Avon three-day breast cancer walk was pulled out of Atlanta. Randy was a longtime walker and was very passionate about raising money to support Georgia breast cancer patients and breast health programs. Take a listen in. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. I'm here today with Stephanie Tucker. Stephanie is the executive director for It's the Journey. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. I'm so excited to have you with us. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. So let's talk a little about um, a little bit about It's the Journey. So when was the organization founded? Who founded it? And why was it founded? Yeah, so It's the Journey was founded in 2002 by a breast cancer survivor named Randy Passoff. Um, when the Avon three-day breast cancer walk pulled out of Atlanta in 2002, Randy, who was a longtime walker and a survivor, decided that Atlanta kind of needed their own fundraising event. Um, where all the funds stayed local to support kind of the Georgia breast cancer patients and breast health programs. So she created this walk back then. It was called the Atlanta two day walk. And it's, we kind of dub it as the kinder and gentler breast cancer walk. So instead of a three day model of walking 60 miles in three days and sleeping in a tent, we walk 30 miles in two days and participants sleep in a hotel. So that's kind of that kinder and gentler piece. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> I'll take a hotel room over a, a tent. Uh, most days of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, days. absolutely. Yeah. And we, you know, we, we have a lot of things along the route that kind of give them a lot of support and stuff, but that's where, that's where it started and kind of that gentler piece of it for sure. Okay. So she was really kind of, she felt very connected to that Avon walk um, so much so that she really felt like it needed to be able to continue. So do you know, was, um, like the money that was collected during that walk that Avon had, did the money stay local or was it 
kind of spread out nationally? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that answer. I mean, I would assume um, I've worked for other national organizations that, you know, when you have a chapter in a state, a portion of those dollars certainly are, are collected and go up into the national office to help pay for programs in other areas. So I don't know that answer for for Avon, um, but for us, all of the funds stay here in Georgia. Okay. Yeah. And I like that. I think, um, you know, we, we here in Phoenix um, used to have a Susan G. Komen chapter, but they have since pulled out. Um, and that's a lot of, realistically, a lot of dollars that we in Phoenix are now missing, um, you know, because they did opt to pull out. So, um, you know, I can, I can definitely understand and appreciate, you know, where kind of all of this started. So do you typically have the walk, um, the same time of year every single year or, um, you know, does it vary? When does it typically happen? No, we, we typically have it the same. Uh, the first weekend in October is what we aim for. Um, we've been off a couple times on that just based on uh, weather um, or other things that are happening here in Atlanta because we do host it in downtown Atlanta, um, even though it is for the entire state. So we're always, we always aim to be that first weekend in October. Okay. And how many participants do you typically have coming through? Well, so we range anywhere from a thousand registered walkers. We have about 250 volunteers and our crew members, which are instrumental in, in making this walk happen. So we have a lot of people that are out there making it happen. I mean, I have a staff of five, so you know we're able to put this event on with the help of all those volunteers for sure. But typically, about a thousand registered walkers. You have a staff of five people. <laughs> I, do. I do. We had a staff of four and I just added one um, last March. So yeah, there was four of us. Now there's five. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I mean, crazy. yeah, it's uh it's a lot to do for, um, you know, that few of people. But of course I, I do understand that volunteers are typically pretty big um, in making all of this stuff happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. We couldn't do it without them for sure. Cause they are instrumental in creating stops and the route and, hotels and um, just all the pieces that you would need an entire staff to do. So we, we love our, our dedicated volunteers for sure. They're very passionate. Yeah, I'm sure. So I want to kind of come back to revisit Randy a little bit. Um, can you tell me a little bit about her story at all? Uh, well, she passed away um, several years ago, um, but really her passion was, you know, wanting to get, um, help in in Georgia, and she wanted to make sure that the funds that she raised when starting this were able to stay here and actually help. You know, you know, our mission is is very important to us, and we want to make sure that we're getting those breast health and breast care things right here in Georgia. So that was really her passion. She was just an older lady that just loved to to walk, and she got all of her friends together to walk in that first year, and some of the Avon participants, and it just kind of grew from there. Okay. And she was, um, you had said earlier, she was a breast cancer survivor. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I had seen on the website that, um, you know, was founded 17 years ago. What, um, how long had she been a survivor when she founded the organization? Um, I want to say four or five years. I mean, I did not know Randy personally. Um, so she'd been a survivor and had been doing that Avon walk, um, for quite a while. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's quite the legacy to 
leave behind. Um, you know, over the course of 17 years, I would imagine that it probably has grown um, pretty significantly. Um, you know, yeah. from yeah. the first walk of maybe just having a couple of friends and some of the other walkers to what it is today. Um, that's probably, you know, pretty, pretty cool to, to watch for her friends and family. Yeah, absolutely. And her family's still involved with our organization. Her son sits on our board and her entire family was there last year. Um, we did a nice presentation with them at our closing ceremony. So, I mean, we, we really try to honor her, her vision and her passion for this. And, you know, me not even, I've not even met her, but people loved her. Um, so I just want to continue to honor, you know, that mission that she set forward. Yeah, I think that's great. So, so the walk is obviously two days. We talked about that. Um, I imagine mm -hmm. it's Saturday and Sunday. So is it like 15 miles one day, 15 miles the next day, or, you know, how is that kind of broken down? No. So we, we thought we'd make it easy for people and make them walk 20 days the first day. Um, so when they're done, they're like, Oh, I only have 10 miles to go in my 30 mile journey. So, <laughs> so it's 20 miles on Saturday. So we start quite, quite early. You have a nice big breakfast with lots of protein and eggs and, um, you know, get them started. And then there's stops every two and a half miles and police support and all of that. But 20 miles on Saturday and they usually come into the hotel pretty fatigued. Um, that Saturday night we have a big pajama party. Um, so we don't expect them to be all clean and fancy and, um, you know, have a dinner and do some award presentations and then they go to sleep and crash and then start over again the next day. Okay. So, you know, I've, I've been to Atlanta once in my life. Um, it was a very cool place to visit. Um, and so you said it's, it's kind of set in downtown. And so for that 20 miles, you know, are they, are they kind of crossing over at all in terms of the route or is it like just 20 miles of no crossing over? Like, is it just, um, you know, is there, is, does the route have any kind of overlap, I guess, is my question. Well, and so we start at um, the Hard Rock Cafe, which is basically like two blocks from the hotel. Um, that's where we have our breakfast. Um, and we end back at the hotel. And that route, I mean, it changes periodically throughout the years. But we go through some central parts, some, you know, um, things that you would see in the movies, past the Georgia State um, Stadium, past the aquarium, you know, through Buckhead, through, you know, some really um, – pivotal parts of, of Atlanta, um, they're crossing over, not necessarily crossing over the route themselves, but we try to change it up periodically. So they're not seeing the same things every year. I mean, lots of really good scenery for them. Um, cross over some of the highways and, you know, a big sign that says peach tree and um, lots of uh, scenery behind them in photos. So if you look on our website, you can see a lot of those pictures for sure. Okay. Yeah. I do remember peach tree street. <laughs> Um, is that, that's yeah. what it's called, right? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of peach trees. Yeah. There's a lot of peach trees. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, I don't know where it was, but I know it was close to, I think we went to the botanical gardens or something like that, but, I mean, um, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful city. Um, so I would imagine that the backdrop for it is just amazing. And so kind of thinking along the route, um, I would imagine that they have some like residential, um, areas that they go through. And so is the community involved at all? Like, do people come out of their houses and, you know, help to cheer them on or anything? They do. We, we have cheer stations along the way. Um, a funny story is last year I had um, 
you know, an older lady call me and actually got through to me and said, Hey, how many people are going to be on your route to, you know, this weekend? Um, I would really like to, to give them all popsicles. And I said, well, we have a, we have about a thousand registered walkers. She's like, Oh me, I'm not going to do a thousand. She wanted to be out and cheer them along. You know, we have a group of nurses that come out um, and they serve, uh, um, they have alcohol in them, like jello shots and, and drinks along the way, which is really funny for our walkers to, you know, just to be encouraged. You know, it's definitely some of those residential areas, people just, you know, putting pink on their, you know, on their, on their houses or in their yards just to support us. And of course we have signage along the way as well, but lots of cars hooting at us and, you know, our Georgia state police supporting us along the way. So it's, it's very fun for them to, to kind of go through those different areas, residential, industrial, downtown town you know it's it's great for the walkers to experience that yeah well i love the fact that there is community support you know there's um yeah you know, it's it's fun to kind of walk around the city and and see all the sites. I'm sure, but to have people coming out of their homes or their businesses, um, and you know, just kind of showing that support, you know, flying the pink colors or whatever it might be, um, I would imagine that mm-hmm. that just adds a little extra um, to that walk. It it definitely does, and you know, they I'm I'm everywhere along the route, and when they get back to the hotel, just seeing them, you know, come in kind of in that last half mile that they have to make it to the end of the twenties and they're always smiling. And some of them are just crying with accomplishments. I mean, this past year we had two people in wheelchairs that were being pushed by their team and just the, the, the feeling of, of family and support that they got and the looks on their faces were just, you know, it's it's what keeps me going every day for sure. Yeah. Well, and I can, I can imagine, um, you know, you kind of brought up a memory for me where I did do the, um, the Susan G. Komen walk in Pittsburgh. And my first two years, I happened to be in a wheelchair. And so I had to rely Mm. on friends being willing to push me Mm. through the hills of Pittsburgh. Um, And there were many hills along the route um, to be able to do that. And so, yeah, I can, I can definitely kind of resonate with those people who were probably pretty emotional. um, Just having that sense of, you know, this person took the time to, allow me to do this, even though I couldn't physically do it myself. Like there, it really says a lot about the person, um, you know, that has pushed, you know, the survivor through. Um, but I'm sure it was super yeah. meaningful for the the person that, you know, had to be in a wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about, um, and I know that you kind of tapped into this a little bit, but what are the supports and services that um, obviously there's a, a fee to participate? And so there's raising funds. And so what are some of the ways that those funds are being pushed back out into the community? Where is that money going? Yeah. So like I said earlier, everything that we raise stays here. So, you know, we, our goal is to give away a hundred percent of the Walker raised dollars. So, you know, we have sponsors and we have other events that are going on throughout the year. Um, so our goal, we're not quite there. We're about at 90%, a little net, 92% of what the Walkers raise we're able to give back to um, local clinics, um, hospitals. And I, when I say local, I mean local in Georgia. So we cover the entire state um, and making sure that those breast care and breast breast health care and, and breast education programs are still happening in those clinics. Okay. And so it's a lot of um, like looking at that education, the screening part, um, kind of support services is, you know, some of the things I'd seen on the website. Um, 
So how does, like, how do you determine who or where that money goes to? Yeah, so we have a we have a grant process that happens. So around mid June, we send out um, requests for um, to pretty much everybody we can get our hands on, um, clinics, hospitals, um, mobile mammographies, um, you know, all of those sites to let them know that our grant cycle is open, and they submit a site they submit a proposal to us, um, basically a grant request to us, um, and then our board gets together in December and we say this is how much money we have to give away and where do we want to send it and so we we look at all the pieces of have we funded them before you know are we just are they just doing um, screenings and diagnostics because we cover that we cover mammographies all the way up to biopsies we do counseling and genetic testing so we look at all their pieces Um, we do direct financial assistance as well Um, and then in December we make all those decisions and let them know in January for the next year and that next cycle starts in March so it goes from March to February okay Awesome. And then, so how much money at this point or how many grants have you um, given thus far? I mean, 17 years is a long time. Yeah. So over 370 grants, over 16 million uh, with this year, we've not, we've not announced our total yet for this year, but you know, we're really close to being able to give away a million dollars in, in, in within a year or two um, within one cycle. So that's what, that's our aim to do that. So 370 different grants and some of them are repetitive year after year. um, But in that 17 year cycle, 370 grants. That's amazing. over that. Yeah, I mean, 370 yeah. grants, and you said 16 million? 17 yeah, million? over 16 million. Yeah, over 16 yeah. million closest. And like I said, we haven't announced our total yet for this year, but we'll be close to that 17 million um, with the aim of in the next two or three years to be able, well, actually in the next two years, to be able in one year give away a million dollars. That is amazing. It is. With a staff of five, it's pretty, yes. <laughs> uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And so how many grants per year or per cycle do you um, provide? It depends. Um, you know, I, I've only been here for two years. So I've got, only gone through this cycle twice. And we typically have around 40 or 50 that are submitted. Um, and some of them, the grants do not meet our standards. They don't, maybe they don't do diagnostics or maybe they're asking for copy paper um, or they're not a nonprofit of some sort. Um, so we, we are cautious of that. So, you know, we, we took a lot of time to perfect that system and, you know, we're making, we're still tweaking it here and there. So, Anywhere from, you know, 35 to 45 are granted per year, just depending on, you know, whether they did the, the information correctly. All right. Wow. I mean, that's a that's a lot. And I, I love is. the fact, too. Yeah, I love the fact, too, that you talked about, like, you know, maybe they're requesting copy paper. I would imagine that from your perspective, you know, from the organization's perspective, it's really those things that genuinely benefit. Not that copy paper doesn't benefit because having your pathology reports on a piece of paper is good, but genuinely those things that can benefit either um, people who are going in for screenings or diagnostic testing or survivors or, you know, wherever they may be in that journey, I would imagine is much more important um, for the organization. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we're, and you know, the, the night that we do all these decisions and it takes us about three or four hours, um, you know, we read the mission over and over again and we keep pointing to it saying, you know, if it doesn't meet this mission, you know, we would love to help everybody, but we need to make sure that the diagnostics are happening, the mammograms are happening, you know, and that the education pieces are happening. So we'll pay for like a shower hanger or a door hanger. I mean, sometimes we'll pay for, you know, other costs if it's, if it's, in line with our mission. We just have to be careful that we don't, you know, go overboard in any of those things. Right, right. So what are um, some other events? I mean, this is, you know, the the two-day walk seems to be kind of the the big event, um, you know, the homework event, if you will. But what are some of the other events that um, the organization is doing? Yeah, so um, last year, let's see, this is 20. So in 2019, we started the Giving Gala. Um, which is an opportunity for anybody, uh, most of our walkers, but it's an opportunity for all of our grantees to come and be recognized. You know, we, we kind of put them on stage and say, this is what we've granted you for the year. Um, the walkers get a chance to meet them and meet some of our patients, um, obviously our sponsors. And so this will be our second year doing that event. And that just gives everybody an opportunity to kind of mingle and put the mission back in focus. Um, so that's where we give the dollars away and that, that happens in March. Um, and then we just added it like a, a third party or a tertiary event. Uh, we're doing a 5k in Macon, Georgia. And the reason we're doing that is just a, another opportunity for people that aren't walkers to get engaged with our company and see what our mission is. And maybe that'll lead to, a, to them becoming a walker or they'll spread the word to grantees or hospitals that they know that haven't been applying, you know, so we're just trying to reach out. And again, with five people, that's a tough thing. So it's our first time kind of going into those markets that are outside of Atlanta. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think, um, you know, for some people, 30 miles might seem intimidating. Um, yeah. You know, so doing a 5k, you know, that's doable. Um, so it might definitely kind of bring in some, some new faces for you. Yeah. And then last year we also did a, a survivor breakfast where we invited survivors to come and kind of hear a panel of, you know, next steps, or this is my story, or this is why I use a nurse navigator. This is why I didn't use a nurse navigator. Um, and we, we just wanted people to kind of, again, see where their dollars were going to help our grantees, which is, you know, where we got our, our panelists, um, and to give our survivors another connection to us. Because we do offer a survivor victory lap during the walk. Um, they only have to walk the last quarter mile. Um, and there's a big van, and they're, they're, being, they're, they're in front of all the walkers, and, you know, it's a very emotional thing. And so we wanted those survivors to see, hey, these are some other things and other ways that you can get involved with ITJ, basically. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think um, I haven't really had so much of an opportunity here in Phoenix. I've been here for four years, um, but I haven't had those opportunities to really kind of connect with some of the different organizations that have done some of these things. But back in Pittsburgh, I was highly involved. Um, and I would say that those events where it was either like a, you know, a survivor breakfast or it was a survivor luncheon or it was you know, whatever it might have been, it was just a great opportunity to come together and connect and network um, and meet other survivors and just be able to kind of, you know, share our stories, but not within like a support group setting. 
Um, right, right. That, yeah, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, we had we had a nice showing. It was free, obviously, for you know, for folks to come and and just share those stories and talk about, hey, I want to detox my body. How do I do that? Like, what's the first thing I need to do, and how am I going to feel when I do that? And you know, what happened to the to my husband? Um, you know when he was trying to take care of me, you know, people kind of gathering that support were, were big, big conversations that were happening at the tables, which is what we were hoping for. Right. Good. Good. So, um, mm-hmm. so kind of thinking about, you know, we've, we've talked about volunteers. I mean, again, going back to five people really is not a lot of people for what you guys are pulling <laughs> off. Um, yeah. And so, you know, how do, how do people get involved um, with, with the organization, either, you know, just kind of on a regular basis, is there anything that they can be doing, um, you know, kind of throughout to help with, um, you know, administrative tasks, or even getting involved with like the two day walk, the 5k. So how do people um, get involved? Yeah, so we have on our website, um, it's the journey.org or two day walk.org. Um, people can go and just click on the I want to volunteer, how do I get involved? You know, if they don't want to walk, I mean, our, 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 our fee to walk is pretty minimal. So if they don't want to do that, or that's not something that's in their realm and they want to, you know, we have a lot of guys that are out there during the weekend that are volunteering on crew. They can register to help with the crew or they, you know, we always need administrative help. And we do have companies that reach out that say, Hey, I want to come and, you know, stamp some, some booklets for you or clean up your office. You know, we always need need that kind of help for sure. Um, You know, we do a, a couple events throughout the year, like crew socials where people can come and kind of get engaged with us and, here are mission stories and here are w- different ways that they can get involved. And that's always our goal. You know, a walker that maybe has walked and that was on their bucket list. Well, we want them to then maybe come to the gala or work on a committee to help us plan the gala um, or come volunteer at the 5k, which, you know, you always need people at six o'clock in the morning. So um, there's a ton, of, we're, we're trying to make a ton of ways, but all they have to do is click on the website and there's, they can go straight down to that Dropbox and it'll tell them how to get involved. Awesome. And then, you know, some people are like, I don't really want to get involved. I, you know, I don't want to go hang out anywhere at 6am in the morning. Um, you know, <laughs> that's just some people, some people would like to sleep in. So there is an option for people to make just a monetary donation, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so that's also a button mm-hmm. on the website um, where they can go to the donate now um, and make either, I had seen that it was uh, kind of like donate to a, a 2020 walker, donate to a 2020 crew member, or just make a general donation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we use a, a, a CRM system basically to, to cover that walk and the walker's registration and they send out obviously their emails, just like any other peer to peer fundraising. Um, and yeah, so that button just allows people to say, you know, I don't want to do any of those things, but you know, I love your mission. So here, and then they click on there and they're able to make a donation of any size. That's great. And I just clicked on the uh, make a donation to a 2020 walker. And your the two day walk is October 3rd and 4th of 2020. And you're already at $62,000 raised. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know if you know this story, but last year, um, it was my second year, and I challenged the walkers to raise, you know, just a little bit more than what we raised my first year. So we really, we wanted to raise 1.1 million. And if I if they did that, I would kiss a pig. And so throughout <laughs> the entire walk, my thousand walkers and my 250 crew members were like, kiss that pig, kiss that pig. So they did, they raised $1,122,000. Wow. 
um, just from the Walker dollars. And so I had to uh, go kiss a pig and we made a whole video of the pig and I going out on a date. So um, I think that's up on our Facebook, but it was, it was a wonderful experience. And, and for them to kind of envelop that whole idea of, you know, we're going to, we're going to beat last year's goal because we know that those dollars are staying here. They're going down to Augusta or going into Macon to really help those folks that need it. You know, and a lot of our walkers knew Randy and they know Randy's family. Um, so, you know, it's a real passion for them. So I love that. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm looking at the top fundraisers here. We have Barbara Rogers at Mm $6,600. And then yeah, um, already yeah, really. And then the top team is Breast and Show at um, just a little over seven thousand dollars. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and that's just to start. Yeah, and we we do a thing here. Not not a lot of walks do this, but we allow our teams to to share dollars amongst each other. Um, so that's really helpful when they do a lot of fundraisers. Like we have pink out nights, and we have you know bar crawls, and the, the, someone's coming up is doing like a prom dress swap event. I mean, I can't go to all of them, but, you know, they come up with some really creative ways to raise dollars. And, you know, my top fundraiser last year raised over $50,000 by herself. Um, and that's, she's a survivor, but she did that all by herself, not including the team. So, you know, our top teams um, have raised over a hundred thousand dollars in some cases. So wow. it's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. And they are so, so passionate. And we, you know, I, we just love them so much cause they just love, they love working with us and they love the walk. So yeah. it makes it kind of fun. That's so cool. Well, if I can find my way there in October, um, I will definitely try to make it down there and try to bring a, a crew with me to do the walk as well. Um, so in terms of uh, social media outlets, where can people find you? You mentioned Facebook. Um, so is it called um, It's the Journey on Facebook or is it the two-day walk or uh, what are your what are your handles for Facebook? It is a two-day walk. So um, and there is one for It's the Journey as well. Um, and actually my website is down. So if you click on our website, um, you'll be able to see our Facebook page. Okay. You get to come back up. Um, I don't know our Twitter. I'm not the socially, you know, let's see if I can find it. But we do we do have Twitter. Um, I do have a marketing person. I can have her send information. <laughs> no worries. No worries. No I pressure. got too many hats on our social media. I'm too old to know social media. Come on. <laughs> it's all good. We will make sure that we have that information. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I really love the mission behind this. Um, you know, I, I'm a big proponent for money staying locally and impacting the community within um, where the events are happening. Um, you know, I not not that there isn't any appreciation for larger organizations, um, but a lot of times the money, you know, does kind of get, you know, funneled to different places. Um, but I think it's really important for small organizations like yours to be able to, I mean, the, the impact that you're having, you're a small organization, you are tiny, but you are mighty. Um, because the impact that you're having for these women and even men, um, in the state of Georgia is, is huge. Um, so I, I love the, you know, I love the mission behind it. I love that you have, um, been able to grant, you know, $16 million, um, for, women and men in Georgia um, that are impacted by breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's what makes everybody come back year after year is that, you know, five people are making this happen. Um, so they know we're very good stewards of their dollars. Um, 
you know, and they get to have fun along the way as well. So yeah, it's a great mission. It is. So with that, I want to thank you so much for being willing to come on the podcast, for sharing the story, um, for, for um, you know, kind of carrying on the legacy uh, for Randy, uh, because obviously this was important to her. And, you know, here you are 17 plus years later um, and still going strong. So, you know, thank you so much for your time. And uh, maybe I'll see you in October. Oh, you, that's a challenge now. Like, you know, you know, I'll, you know, I'll kiss a pig if you come, if you come all the way out here. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be fun. So, all right. Well, thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at Behind the Pink Ribbon. Thinking about advertising on this podcast? Our ads not only create awareness for your brand, but also contribute to the continued growth and support of this show. Email us today and be on our next episode. Email podcast at BehindThePinkRibbon.com for more information. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting. Mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.